0: And welcome to another episode of The Photography Bar. Uh, As usual, uh, this is uh, Cam. And today I'm without Mark um, with the uh, unexpected bank holiday um, on Monday. It's thrown our schedules a little bit. um, So we're sort of jumping around all over the place. However, I do have a very, very special guest uh, joining me today. And it's uh, Chase Jarvis. Now, Chase is an award-winning artist, entrepreneur, best-selling author, and one of the most influential photographers of the past 20 years. Okay, Mr. Chase Jarvis, welcome. Welcome to the Photography Bar.
1: Thank you so much. Happy to be here, and uh, I, don't, I don't miss Mark at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, nor I. Kidding. I don't think Please anyone will. <laughs> give, him,
1: give him my regards in regards to uh, everyone with the Queen's passing. I know you guys are managing a lot, and it's a, it's a uh, transitional time there. So uh, yeah. I'm just happy to be on the show. I'm looking forward to being actually in the UK uh tomorrow.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's all happening, isn't it? So Chase is one of the super stage speakers. Um and at the uh photography show, which we're official sporting partners of being uh, the photography bar podcast. So it's great to have um Chase on uh to and what we're going to talk about today is something that's important for every everyone really everyone that's listening out there all the photographers, artists, you know whatever type of art that you do, but obviously it's photographers. We we're talking about creativity. And things that help spark that creativity. That's really what we're going to be talking about uh, today. But before we get into that, um, uh, uh, I'm going to just talk a little bit about the photography show. because There's obviously been some changes. The show, as normal, starts on Friday. It opens on Friday. And we then run through until Tuesday. But it is closed because of the Monday. um, And obviously with the Queen's funeral. So that's changed things a little bit and um as i'm saying chase is one of the speakers and he's going to be talking on saturday that's saturday the 17th is that's right isn't it so, it chase, is indeed what, what,
1: i'm looking what, forward to it
0: what time are you speaking
1: i wish i knew i couldn't i couldn't <laughs> tell you my job is to get there my job is to get from seattle to london and you guys tell me where to go and what to do but i'm very right. excited to be on on the main stage and uh We'll be talking about many of the same topics that we're discussing here uh, in a little bit more depth and in a little bit more personal way. So uh, you tell me what time I'm on this day. Okay, right, I I can tell you.
0: I can tell you, you're on from, as it says on the official photography show website, it's from 1315 to 1430. I'm going to come on to that. Okay, so um, do that. So guys, if you are, you can still get tickets, I believe online, even though it starts in a couple of days, or you can get there for guys, people, those of you that are in the trade, uh, you can just go on and get your uh, complimentary tickets, and students as well. Um, For those of you that uh, are not in the trade, not students, I think tickets are about just under 15 pounds. Um, and on top of that, obviously, you've got the ridiculously expensive parking. It's always the same at the NEC year <laughs> after year. I'm going to say it out there because every time we get there, every year, how much is it? It goes up every single year. <laughs> it's, it's obscene. It really is. But there you go. So um, so that's so so. get onto the Photography Show website and get your tickets. Now, Chase, I'm going to read out your bio as on the Photography Show uh, website here okay so give me oh, a minute guys, okay. because right. this, this is quite intense okay for okay so it says um it says chase jobs is his, his expansive work ranges from shooting advertising campaigns for companies like apple nike and red bull to working with athletes like serena williams and tony hawk to collaborating with renowned icons like lady gaga and richard branson as a fine artist he's had a solo and group gallery show he's had. Sorry, solo and Group Gallery shows in the US, Europe, and in the Middle East. And in in 2013, Chase contributed to the Pulitzer Prize winning New York Times story Snowfall. And in 2014, he earned an Emmy nomination for his documentary Portrait of a City. He also created Best Camera, the first photo app to share images to social uh, networks, and is the founder of Creative Live, where more than 10 billion students learn photography, video, design, music, and business. And the world's top creators and entrepreneurs. And his book, Creative Calling, debuted as an instant national bestseller. And he's an advisor to 1,400 brands and a guest at the White House, the United Nations, the Library of Congress, 10 Downing Street, Buckingham Palace, and the DIFC in Dubai. And Chase, it goes on to say that you live with your wife, Kate, in Seattle, and you serve as a volunteer board director for several nonprofits.
1: Indeed, that's, I do.
0: Now, so Chase, that's a pretty, I thought I had a full schedule. Okay, so, so how the heck do you find the time to cram all of this in? Because that's a heck of a lot.
1: It is. Uh, I've got two responses to that, Cam. It's first is life is long, and <laughs> despite what we've been told that uh, life is short, I understand the rationale for you know motivating and pursuing the things that we want, but the reality is that I've looked at my career for uh, you know my entire life as a big piece of my life. So pursuing things that I love and doing so with depth and curiosity has led me to so many things. And I think we're fed uh, a pretty serious, you know, um, crock when we're young that, you know, we're, we have to hurry and find a thing that we love and then do that thing for 40 years, then retire and get the gold watch. But the reality is that if you're truly pursuing the things you love, and you are following your curiosity and following your interests, it can lead to amazing things. And, you know, again, it's a little bit embarrassing to sit here and listen to the, the bio go on and on, but I have to say when, when I'm, I'm, I've been a guest at, at Buckingham Palace and, and 10 Downing in the White House and I'm, I'm standing in those places and I, I often think like, how am I here? Like what, you know, what, what, by what means and by what justification. And the beautiful thing is, and this is the, I think this is the takeaway for the listeners is that I did those things not by following the, any list of things that you think you should do to be a guest at those places or to, you know, win a certain prize or be nominated for a thing. Or it, I got there because I was actually doing the things that i loved. And when you do the things you love, strange things happen the the universe happens for you rather than to you so Mm. you know to me that that I've ended up in these crazy places collaborating with interesting people and you know getting to pursue my life's work is really a testament to doubling down on uh on my belief in myself my belief in creativity and that if you do do the things that you were put on this planet to do that good things happen
0: Mm. yeah that's really interesting because so so doing the things that you love have created or have opened all these different doors for you. Yeah. None and, of
1: which I could plan for. No, hmm. I mean I, I don't I didn't set out taking pictures of me and my friends skateboarding or surfing because I thought it was gonna land me as a guest at Buckingham Palace. That I mean that that's obviously those don't go together, right? Exactly. Or that yeah. that 10 million people were gonna, you know, we're gonna learn from from Creative Live. Like yeah. those aren't, you know, I i, I I'm not necessarily in pursuit of those things because of some outcome, but by contrast, because those are things that I love to spend my time on, and the people that I love to spend my time with, and mm. my my belief that has been validated empirically. And you know, I've had hundreds of guests on my podcast, the Chase Jarvis Live Show, mm. and they continue to validate this: that you know, by pursuing things that you love and by going deep and spending time with people that you care about, you know, and and focused on these things that good things happen. It might be hard. It's you know, and I'm not saying it's there's not going to be all kinds mm. of challenges, but when other people are doing, you know, a, a photography career because you know, for some artificial reason and you're doing it because you love it and because this is your calling in life, the reality is when things get hard, it's going to block the person who doesn't really care about it that much and you're going to find a way through, you know, by hook or by crook, you're going to push through that, that difficult time. And Mm. over time, when you start to aggregate and accumulate all those experiences, that's when, you know, these great things start to happen.
0: Yeah. And you know, one of the things that, that, I mean, you've said that it's, everything's been about, you've got where you are because you love what you do. But one of the things that you've, you've sort of said it in there, but but, it, but you didn't sort of just say it out there, but it's also been a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication as well, for Okay, sure. because that doesn't just happen through from doing what you love. That's a huge part of it. But that dedication, hard work. Now, one of the things that I don't, don't know if it's the same with sort of where you are in, in the US, but 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 I always find that kids from a certain age these days are told at school here, you know, you can you can do your dream job. Okay, You can do whatever you want to do in life and you can aim for the top. Uh, and, and that's right it's great to dream big but the problem is is they're told or they're given the impression that everything is a fast track that you can get to your dream job absolutely you know you'll leave school and you're going to have your dream job all of a sudden you know you're going to be the ceo of you know of, of, of a big company or your own company you're going to be doing this you're going to be that you're gonna be, you know you'll be on tv you'll be everywhere but they're not told about the that that they're not not actually told that there's hard work there's a process there's still a uh, like a road there's several paths that you have to take in different directions to get to that dream job and that's where that sort of you know that that need for instant success and gratification and 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 comes in and I think that's quite frustrating so I find that quite frustrating because everyone feels a need that you've got to have everything now we live in that sort of society don't we Yeah, And this is
1: this is why specifically, you know, I started out by saying life is long and because you have to there there are a certain number of experiences that we all have to go through in the pursuit of our dreams that are necessary steps to build the character, the resolve, the life experience, the, the skills, frankly, to be the person that you want to be or become. And by just putting in the work over and over, and I always like to talk about loving the process, uh, what's the saying? The person that loves walking will walk farther than the person who loves the destination. Hmm. And and so this idea of loving the craft of photography in the case of our audience today, but the same is true for a- anything creative. I, the, the concept of loving the process of what you do is so much more powerful than you know wanting an award or a bank account that looks like you know a certain number and it sounds trite on the surface but it is the actual work working through these mm. the the difficulties and the challenges and and self-exploration and and that, that it is in that work that you become great at that thing and yeah. the, the the fact that you have a certain set of skills those skills are not somehow apart from the person that you are and the character that you you know that you put out into the world and you know how you show up in the world those are one and the same and this process of engaging all of our faculties our skills who we are in the world what we want to be or become whether we're kind or not those those things they all come back around and if you do engage in those things and you do do that sustained effort over time that's where the rewards are there this this idea i share the same frustration that you know everything comes easy is I think that that creates a lot of frustration and angst and unnecessarily versus if we tell them the truth that this it actually is being in the game long enough to outlast the people who aren't there for the right reasons that will make you great and satisfied and most importantly fulfilled right we've yeah. got one precious life on this planet so you might as well you know you might as well do the things that make your heart sing
0: <laughs> that's right exactly so now Again, as i was saying that you know we're talking about creativity, and 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 everyone listening to this is you know I'd like to think that you know we're all you know we're all creatives in this. Now, um, now the way that I see it for me is as as a photographer. You know, I've said this so many times on our podcasts, okay. But I've been now in the photography industry for over thirty years, okay. So, um, and in in all of that time. You know, my every day for me is creative in some form or another, whether I'm talking to a client, a potential client, uh, you know, or whether it's somebody who's just asking me something about photography or video or something, you know, uh, you you know, a client wants that. They want ideas. We're the ones that they're looking for. We're the ones that they're looking to to spark those different ideas. Now, I feel that my I can be creative. What, What helps me to be creative, what's helped me to be creative all these years is my life in general, it's geared very much towards helping me be be creative. In other words, that I don't have a nine to five job. You know, I don't think I could be particularly creative in having a nine to five job and having something that's very structured. I don't know where I'm going to be most of the time from one day to the next or one week to the next or one month to the next, you know, because my diary can just change just like that. So I'm flitting from here to there to having to be away for two or three days to then suddenly be on another location or then having two or three days in the office, then recording the podcast. That's the thing that keeps me alive. That's the thing that, that, that sparks my interest is, is I I guess it's movement. It's constantly moving and being in different places. And so I think what I'm trying to say is, is the environment around you has to be created. To, does that make sense? Absolutely.
1: You know? And I think I would like to zoom out if I will take that concept that you just shared and linger on that last line, which the environment has to be created. And not just that environment, but this is what we're talking about. This is what I wrote about at length in Creative Calling. My book is there are, you know, there's creativity with a small seat, which is, you know, photography, painting, design, all the things that we think, but but when we really think about it, it's creativity with a capital C that we as human beings are all chasing because these lives of the people that you look up to on the internet or your parents or your peers or whoever you admire, that life was intentionally created. That did not happen. And that is creativity with the capital C. So You know, there's I I personally have a few core beliefs that really ladder up to what we're talking about. The first thing is that everyone is creative by nature, that is a fundamental um, mode of being for a human being. You watch it, you know, go to any, you know, grade one classroom and ask them to put up their hands. Who wants to come to the front of the room and draw me a picture? And every hand goes up. And it's only through you know, the process of a decade of school that we train that out of ourselves rather than the other way around. It's not something we don't have. And then we train some people to have it. It's the other way around. So you have to start out by acknowledging that we as human beings are creating machines that is part of our mode of being. Everyone is creative. Thing two, the second sort of core belief that resonates with what we're talking about here is that this creativity is a muscle. All right. Just like all the other muscles in your body, it strengthens with use, must be developed to reach your full potential. Like, you know, and for the people who are listening who don't be like, oh, I'm a photographer, but I don't really think of my work as that creative. Like, if you went to the gym and you went and lifted weights one day and you weren't that strong the next day, you weren't twice as strong, would you think that something was wrong? No, you understand that that building that muscle is something that happens over time, Well, the same is true with creativity. So again, number one, core belief, everyone's creative. Number two, creativity is a muscle. And the, the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And then the punchline, which relates this small C, big C conversation that we're having, the punchline is that the more you create on a daily basis, the better you will become at creating the living, the life, the, the experience that you have on this planet. It's the same muscle. It's just at a larger scale. It's creativity, but at a larger scale. So like you were talking about creating your schedule, we are co-creating this conversation. You create meals for your family at dinner. You like These are all creative acts. And just by simply reframing what you're doing as you move through the world, you become better at creating the outcomes that you want in your life. It's the same muscle, just a different skill. So- mm-hmm. It, it whether you're deciding how you spend your time or what area of photography you want to focus on, or these are choices that we all make. We are not corks bobbing in the tide. These are intentional decisions that if you do pursue these things, go back to you know my opening statements about if you're pursuing the things that you love, you do so over time with a lot of effort and you're, you know, you're truly aligned with these outcomes. Then when things get hard, you're going to be able to press through them versus someone who's just there for the for the for the cocktails or whatever where, where they won't be able to do that so you have created the life that you want and the listener you can create yours as well
0: mm. so we've got um uh, an avid listener to the, the show paul paul t shall we say okay and uh paul's always uh, is a really keen photographer uh and he's always entering or looking to enter different competitions and he'll often come to me uh, uh and he'll say oh uh, you know i've got this th- this is the, the current theme for this monthly theme that i'm going to enter and they've given me this theme and what am i going to do and can you give me some ideas you always you always give me some good ideas and 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 i've and and i'll usually sort of say to him the first two or three thoughts that come you know that 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 first thought, oh, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? It might be a terrible idea, but it's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, but a couple of things that I've said to him that, I, that sort of helps, that's helped me over the years is, is by saying to him about doing some research into something, okay, is two things, is one, sometimes keep things simple. Don't over, overcomplicate something. Don't overcomplicate an idea. Sometimes the simplest ideas always work the best. They can be the most creative as well. And you can then you can dig in and dive into something that's simple and create something yourself, but is research, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with, with getting ideas from other people, asking other people, looking online, going through books, magazines, what you feel. You know, I'll watch films or so I'll watch a series on Netflix and I'll see something that's been incredibly well filmed or I'll see something that's got a color tone to it and think, Oh, I like that. You know, so it's sort of constantly sort of looking for those ideas and, It's like, you know, when you're a student and you're studying, whatever you're doing, uh, whether it's A-levels here in the UK or a degree or BTEC or whatever it is, you always talk about research. So when it comes to photography, you you study the work of David Bailey, Henry Cartier-Bresson, Cecil Beaton, you know, all of those. You you go back in time, you go back in history to see what sparked their ideas, you know, um, and it's fine to... It's a good idea. What I'm saying is, it's a good idea to look at other people, look to see what other, others are doing, use their ideas because from other ideas you start to create your own type of thing. So there's ways of, you know, some people think I'm cre- I'm not creative at all, but there's a way, and it's that muscle thing that you were talking about. You're working that muscle of of that creativity by by researching it, and you're almost working out, aren't you, to create sure something. imitation.
1: Imitation is one of the first mm. steps in developing a personal style. You look at other people's work that you admire. You go out and try and make a photograph that looks like that photograph. And this is you know, why I talk about this process as being long. There's no such thing as a signature style that's developed in your brain without taking pictures. You have to take 500,000 photographs before you start to know who you are inside. And whether you're shooting a wedding or an automotive ad campaign or a celebrity portrait, what We are all chasing and what buyers love is when they can say that is a Chase Jarvis photograph. It doesn't matter if it's of a celebrity or a car. I can tell there's a certain style and that does not something that you find by sitting on the couch or asking other people. That personal style is only developed through repetition. Repetition is the mother of skill. You have to spend the time to shoot these 500,000 or a million photographs before your Comfortable. You have to steal the ideas of others. This is where I'll reference a great book from a dear friend of mine, Austin Kleon. The book is called Steal Like an Artist. This is not a thing that is um, verboten. This is this is the history of art, is making and remaking what have come before us. But here's the punchline. The goal of those exercises is, as you hinted at, but we you didn't sort of put an exclamation point at, which I will do now, the goal of those exercises is to the goal of the research even i'll use that word that you said is to find out what is interesting to you to take the picture that no one else in the world can take now how many people have taken a picture of london bridge a gazillion buckingham palace whatever yeah or even uh let's pay our respects to the queen lots of people photographed the queen but it is the moment where you take your life experience and you put a certain angle on that photograph, both you know, maybe literal or or more likely I'm speaking conceptually, you put your Mm -hmm. own stamp on that photograph by doing it in a certain way. You 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 catch the subject at the off moment or in a different light than it has typically been photographed. That is your job. That is your job as the artist. And this the irony of this is what that actually means is it's your job to stand out. But we're so conditioned to fit in. We're social animals. And the the you see where I'm going at this, you can't stand out and fit in at the same time. And that is why you have to become comfortable with exploring any particular subject matter, doing the research, but then actually doing the work to take hundreds of thousands of photographs such that you can develop your personal style, because that is what people are hiring. They do not hire a monkey with a finger. They That's hire part. someone for their personal vision and that Vision is only developed through repetition and yeah. skill.
0: And I like that personal vision because again, it's all sometimes when I speak to students or somebody who just passes so often somebody will show me a photo they've taken, usually on their phone, and they'll show they'll show it to me and say, What do you think of this photo? And the first thing they'll say is sort of uh I know it's not nowhere near as good as what you're going to take, but just what, what do you think of this photo? Or people always almost make an apology, almost apologise when they show me a photo that they've taken because they know what they think I'm going to do a better job. And I'll just say to them, look, look the chances of you know if we were if we were asked to photograph the same thing, the chance I would do it better because I've done it so many times in my experience. But really, it doesn't matter what camera that we've got. It doesn't matter what our technical ability is with a camera. It's just how I look at things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how am I actually, and that's got nothing to do with the camera. I am just looking at something and observing that. And then I'm putting my take on that. This
1: is, okay. this is, this is exactly why if that person who came to you, Paul T, asking for yeah. advice on this particular subject, I think your advice is sound. I would add to that, that look at you, what, what your goal is, is to try and see that particular subject in a way that nobody else has seen it before. So what about you is different, where you were raised, what your beliefs are, um, you know and it's not just the angle of the camera, there are all kinds of technical things, but I think more conceptually, like what sets you personally apart. So I, this is why I always say, take pictures of things that you know intimately because you're more likely to be able to capture those in a way that others who may be sophomores or neophytes in that area of this is one of the reasons I turned to action sports photography as my sort of the first deep genre that I went into is because I was spending all my time in the mountains and the sea Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, chasing, uh, you know, myself and my friends down, you know, snowy mountain peaks all over the world. So I started photographing those things because I understood what those little teeny intimate moments. And then other people who do those other things say, oh man, that is a great photograph because I, you know, I've, woke up in the middle of the night, you know, under a starry sky in the middle of the Alps, and that's what the world looks like at that moment that's so special. And then people who haven't had that experience will go, wow, I had no idea that you could be standing on Mont Blanc and at four in the morning, and this is what it looks like. So by doing, by taking photographs of things that you know intimately, you're more likely A, to be engaged, B, to be able to make a photograph that no one else can make. So I would say Paul T., if the assignment is to take something mysterious, what do you do in the time in your life that you're not having a camera in your hand? Are you know, do you do you have a day job? And is that day job, um, you know, are you a a janitor? Do you clean buildings for a living? If so, I bet some of these, the, the hallways are spooky at night. I'm, this is a terrible example. But no, it's the concept good. Is, <laughs> but, you know, the, but the idea is, that you yeah. have a point of view because you have intimate knowledge of something. Mm. So I like to look inside. I look like, what do what do my experiences give me that I could make a photograph that no one else could make?
0: Do you know, I liken it a lot. So we do this a lot on the show actually here, is, is we liken it to other art forms and music in particular. OK. Um, and it's like, it, you know, when you look at, let's say, the, the history of music, what was um, the blues was all, you know, the, the, the Stones were a blues band, Fleetwood Mac were a blues band. That's what they did. They borrowed from people like Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Lead Belly, Memphis Mini, all those, you know, uh, they 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 found something or they listened to something that, that sparked something inside them that thought, I, I love this, I can relate to this music. And then they adapted their own ideas on it you know and Absolutely. now you bring it forward and and so I was talking to somebody who's a a, um, a music journalist and he was saying to me and I don't know whether you agree with this or not and we could be going off on a tangent here but he said to me he, he he said to me that all the all the great songs have been written okay which I didn't agree with him at the time when he said that I thought that's quite sad if you say all the great songs have been written uh, because where else is there to go? But there are so many notes within music that can be that can be actually played. So he was lightning. You know, we were talking about where people get their ideas from. That's where that's where this sort of conversation came from. You know, uh, rap music. Say for example, you know, uh, John Bonham's drum beat from a Led Zeppelin song is the second most sample piece of music in in music history. I think you know and when sampling of music came up in the in the 80s they were just borrowing something from somewhere else and and creating their own weren't they and i find that's, that
1: that's that's inspira- it should be inspirational right?
0: yeah yeah and i find that when when you explain that to photographers then they, i think it suddenly starts to click to them that yeah i get that because i can look at other other ideas i can look at other influences i can bring other things because i think too many people stop and they think right, I need to find an idea, but I've got to just stop and think and I'm going to, and this idea would just pop up in my head without me even thinking about it. It does sometimes, but you've got to experience to be able to do that, you know, um, and and I think music is it, Music and fashion is another thing that's a great thing. You look at fashion, it's turned over, isn't it? Same things come back. The 80s will come back. The 60s will come back. Something that never dates is the classic, the classic styles never date, do they? You know, it's something, and you go back to certain styles of the, the 50s and the 60s they're still just as current today in fashion as they were you know back then Um,
1: yeah this this idea of pursuing something that you know intimately like that's what you know you mentioned the uh, reference to the blues they they grew up listening to that music and that's why you know those particular harmonies and the the some of the say dissonance or the note combinations chord combinations those are things that they can borrow and then build upon. And that is that is the history of creativity, right? This mm-hmm. Everyone wants to have an original idea, but ironically, the originality does not come from looking externally. It comes from applying your own experience to the things that you know. I know blues music, therefore I'm going to apply my own, you know, Muddy Waters always goes like this. He goes, you know, he goes up an octave there and I want to go down or, you know, th- th- this there's a fancy German photog- or philosopher called Hegel. And he's got this concept of, you know, you, you, you basically, you do something, you do something else, you put those two things together in a synthesis and that's what improves, you know, humanity or what improves in this case, your song or your work, your photography, you like take something from here and something from there, you put them together, you've got something new. It You know, ironically, that's actually the definition of creativity that I use in my books. It's putting one or more things together in, in sort of new and interesting ways. And so the new, if you take, you know, your point that you know so many great photographs have already been taken or so many great songs have already been sing, the new therefore has to be you are a one of one. You know, you are a unique individual. There's, you know, there's only one person out of the billions who've lived who have have lived your life experience. So where in that experience, Can you draw from to contribute to what is already out there to combine something into something new? Most of this, I would say two thirds of it is your particular stamp. This is why I always encourage people and and you do not, you do not develop this awareness of what you bring to your creativity or the awareness, the ability to look into your own past. It sounds so simple, but you do not get this. You do not have it at your fingertips like a master creator without doing it over and over and over again. That's why this sort of repetition point, this taking hundreds of thousands of photographs, is so important to mm-hmm. the process. And so many, whether they're young people or people who are just entering the field or people who haven't mastered something, they believe that this will come, you know, very quickly. And they believe that they are it is something that they are entitled to. And the reality is you only get there through doing the work.
0: Exactly. Now and now I'm going to go off on another slightly different tangent about creativity again. About what sparks creativity? Because you know when we talk about artists, whether it's cinematographers, musicians, again, photographers, there are a lot of there. Are, I don't quite know how to explain this, but there are a lot of people that just sort of so far out there with their thought process. Okay, um, and uh, it could, it could be somebody like um, I mean, who was the guy? I can't remember his name now. It was in Pink Floyd, one of the founder members of Pink Floyd. I think he died in recent years. I can't remember. His name now. No, I can't remember. No, it was before. I think he was He was there when they started in the 60s. He was the singer, I think. Uh, it's, it's gone. It's gone out of my mind now. Absolute genius. But he had a lot of mental health problems as well. Um, and and you hear that a lot where where creative people are very creative, just think differently. Their, their thought process is different. They're just wired differently. Now then you go on to okay that that's that's probably how they are naturally sort of mentally as such but then there's outside external influences okay and i'm talking here about um that we say uh other influences shall we say chase that people will take to help make them become creative now we all know about you know the rock stars and what drugs they, they might take in the 60s and 70s to record all of those okay but this has gone on for a long time and I was and I and I knew that Beethoven okay um uh was I wouldn't say not an alcoholic but he was well known he he he, he liked he liked his red wine that's what that's what he liked and he it was said that a lot of ideas are sparked from there but it was never proven but uh, apparently, his liver, after he after he died, after an autopsy, they found that he had cirrhosis, I think. Um, but I then found this other article of some of the other classical composers that were incredibly creative, but they said that some of their creativity came from other influences. So Stravinsky, it says here, uh, it's quoted in his final recorded interview, saying countless unsuccessful experiments with behaviour modification of drugs have a, del- a del- del- deleterious effect on me. And he became obsessed with medicine as he as he himself suffered more health problems, but it improved his creativity. Mozart, alcohol and tobacco, uh, says he was an ADHD suffering extrovert with a taste for too much champagne and snuff, (laughs) which he says was often exaggerated. Um, And last one, Chopin, Chopin, uh, opium, uh, another supposed opium fiend. But it says it was everywhere at the time. He was rumored to be regularly taking a drug with a sugar cube as a method of combating, combating the combating symptoms of his tuberculosis. So
1: I'm happy wait. I'm happy to talk at length on this I'm, I would love to um, just because what people, you know, what people are you know these are messages that we have been programmed with, I yeah. think, uh, you know for millennia. and that's not to say that there aren't medicines and uh, and paths to cultivate wellness, because it isn't mental illness, and it isn't drug use as the source of creativity. Mm. That is a t- sad narrative that we've been fed to mm. try and understand something which is just fundamentally not true, because you've actually mm. studied the science of creativity. The reality is, is a healthy human being is more likely to be able to cultivate uh, creativity than an unhealthy one. And our repeated effort over time As we talked about earlier, the muscle of creativity, the longer you can develop this muscle, the stronger it will get. And so longevity ends up being so much, you know, we so often hear about one hit wonders or people who just break on the scene, break in the scene and you look Mm -hmm. and they've been doing this for 20 years and it's Mm -hmm. a 20 year overnight success. So I want to dispel the myths that anything but personal health and wellness are, know the primary contributors of being a uh, a long-term successful creative human being this idea that we you know and and that's again that's not to say that for example psychedelics have made an amazing breakthrough and the ability to see what's possible with for human consciousness through the vehicle of a safely administered uh, hallucinogenic in you know medical Uh, experience, for example, that's not to say that that can't have an extremely profound impact on you. But the irony is that that's actually not a, the goal of that isn't a departure away from your life. It's a leaning more into it. It's an understanding who you are, who you have been, why you have, you know, many of the habits that you have. And that's, those are meant to be opening experiences rather than a departure or an escape. And when you, you know, to me, this is, it's very, very important that we make sure that everyone in this, in our fields and specifically younger people don't think that their creativity comes from something, your creativity, you are a creating machine. That is one of the primary functions of a human being is to be able to manipulate, you know, thoughts and matter in such a way that you create outcomes that are unique to the world that haven't been there before your experience, plus some other, you know, art or, experience that you find to see in the world, put those two things together to make something new and useful, whether that utility is a business or a piece of art, that is the path to creativity. And I'm not saying that, that um, again, to avoid you know, drugs or alcohol or whatever, yeah. that's also not the message. The message yeah. is that this is not the vehicle to your creativity. That is a vehicle to a short, less productive life.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm glad you said that because and I wanted to bring it up because I could have just avoided just mentioning that all together, you know, um, uh, but it, I'm glad that you said what you did, because what I what I, what I wanted to go on and say was because you can take your mind somewhere else through something like I was going to say through you and know, you said it through healthy living and, and, and that which. Uh, you know, raises your body to a different level as well. But then you have things like meditation and awareness and those type of things. And that's what I was going to move on to was to say yeah. all of that that you hear of all of these things. But <clears> these <throat> guys, but these people that were doing were were, were uh, you know, they were they were naturally gifted. That's one thing. But then they worked at it as well. Okay, and yep. and and so so they they had two things there. Okay, that that went on. And yes, drink, drug, alcohol, drugs, alcohol took them maybe in a different direction and mentally. But but you can do that through but you can do that through things like meditation and that awareness, because a lot of us aren't aware of what's around us. You know, we, we, you know, people go outside and they could be anywhere, but they, but their their thought process is, you know, what, what's on their to-do list. You know, they might be out for a walk with their family or something, or they could be on on holiday or they might just be somewhere else on their own or with a group of people, but they're not really there. They, they, you know, their their mind, their, their consciousness is just, is just somewhere else. And I think you can train your, if you can train your mind to have that mental awareness of actually that I'm here, I'm here, and I'm here right now in this moment in time and experiencing that as well.
1: All we have is a series of now. That's all we have. Mm -hmm. All we have is the moment. The future is fiction. The past is something we can't control. And if you start to understand that all you have in life is your attention, where are you giving it? Where are you placing your attention? Are you placing it on your to-do list for tomorrow, the groceries, or the, what time you got to pick up the kids? Or And I'm not saying that planning is a bad thing. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying. But the gift of attention that you place every moment of every day will have a direct uh, line to your life experience. If you are choosing to focus on uh, gratitude and the fact that, you know, as you're walking, you know, to you pick your kid up from school or if you're <clears throat> on the way to cinema with friends, what are, you know, what are the, the, the experiences that your body is having right now? What does it smell like? What are you seeing? How does it, how, you know, what kind of feelings wash over you when you are, you know, walk into a, a ray of sunshine, but your awareness of your experience of life That is the most beautiful thing. And at the end, this is, it's also very clear when people are on their deathbeds, it wasn't the biggest decisions in life that they look back on or their regrets were not usually that they did something. It was that they didn't do something and they didn't take the chance. They didn't, they weren't present in the smallest moments of their life. So by extension, you can't, like it is in, learning to control your attention through meditation is a, is a, you know, uh, an awareness practice. These are very powerful tools that we have our, at our disposal. And if you, if you actually juxtapose that, the, I you know, think the reference you were making earlier about the founding member of Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett uh, was a person. Yeah. <laughs> Sid Barrett died of schizophrenia at a, you know, not all that young age, but mm. wouldn't it be great if, if, he, were still here making amazing music because he had channeled, you know, his awareness and the, that the, the insights that we can derive just from simply being present hmm. and listening to the person directly in front of us and smelling the air, like that is true inspiration, right? That is at its most fundamental level, but what, what the experience of being human is all about. We have nothing else to be very clear we have there is nothing else there's nothing we are experiencing except right, right now', even when now you're dreaming, that's right mm. yeah even when you're dreaming what you're having the experience of is the dream that you're experiencing right now. it's not something in the past and it's not something in the
0: future great no it's really it's really good that for those of you that uh, are, are going to the photography show, you can um as i said uh, go and um, sit in on chase's uh, talk, which is that 13, I'm just reading it here, yeah, quarter past one to half past two on, it's this Saturday, so if you haven't got your tickets, get, you know, get onto the website and get that, and just reading on the site, it just says that brief uh, introduction to it, says says, yeah, the, t- the talk is titled The Extraordinary Power of Creativity Applied, and it says, join renowned photographer, creator, and entrepreneur, Chase Jarvis for this inspiring talk to learn specifically how putting small daily actions to work can supercharge our innate creativity and help us to rediscover our personal power in life. Because I'm not going to do it now, and um, Chase, because I was going to say, you know, uh, what, what things would you suggest that we do like on a daily basis? But I want to keep that for the talk because sure. that was where I was going to go. Okay, so I want sure. you know, guys, to listen to that, and uh, that's going to be really good. Now. Chase, if you've got a few more minutes, just before we we finish off, and then just the last thing I wanted to just ask you, because obviously you know the, with the work that you do and the places that you've been and everything, and again something we've spoken about on the show before. Now, when it comes to people that have been photographed over the years, and one of the things that you know we've seen so many photographs of the Queen, you know, in in recent days, obviously, if if there was one person in history that you would say was the best in front of a camera. Mm. who would that be? Would that come to your mind straight away?
1: in front of a camera?
0: Okay, who do you think was the the you know the one person you know it could be an actress, could be a musician, could be somebody else or whatever that
1: I will rather than saying one person, mm. I will say a genre of okay. People. And the way that I would express the answer to this question Mm. is, is in a genre of person. And that would be, I would say, like rock stars Mm. and versus movie stars, movie stars are posing and acting what I find in, you know, and and I think it's very difficult to make a living as a, as a music photographer. So that all notwithstanding, and there are people who are incredible and have made incredible lives. So do not be Mm. dissuaded if that's your area of interest. Um, but why i think that genre of person is has cultivated fascinating photographs over decades is because what you're watching what you're capturing or if you're on the other side of the camera what you are doing as the rock star is you are living absolutely purely in the moment you're experiencing the ecstasy of hitting the note or the agony of singing that you know that song that broke your heart or the of a song about the person that broke your heart there's just there is a rawness that the musician who is performing is most often in that, that live makes, on
0: stage image
1: yeah that makes that hmm. the image you know there's so much potential in that hmm. image and our ability to capture that moment is something very special. And and, and the reason I'm choosing this as a genre rather than an individual musician is because it underscores the point I've been, you know, trying to come back to at numerous times. Like that's what's special. Photographing something that when you look at it, you feel something and you feel something because of the subject matter and because the lens that the artist puts on that subject matter, it's the combination of those two things that makes something so powerful. So go out there and try and make photographs that no one else in the world can make. That is your job That's, yeah. as a photographer.
0: Yeah, no, good. No, really interesting, actually. just We do ask that question from time to time, because, you know, it's just interesting to see what people say, but you're the first one that said, oh, I'd pick certain genre of it you know um mine was Elvis I thought he was the greatest on camera you know and and there is (laughs) but there is
1: there is something interesting and analogous to you know Elvis Mm. being a musician or a performer you know in Mm. the moment you get to see this combination of performance and ecstasy and you know someone's truly going internal when they're you know when you can feel that shit when you're on stage or when you Mm. like watching somebody perform you feel that and that's the goal of making a great photograph is to make others who look at that photograph feel something feel that, that's right.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I've, I've always felt his images of and there's so many images for me. It is, it is the, it is the music. It is that that rock genre. that is, if I had to pick that, that would be mine as well. Um, but there's something there about him that's you know uh, whether sure, whether it was a posed image or whether it was just him at home or something or on stage it was something that had that emotion and and he looked great and he, he had it all you know just in front of camera that was mine there so
1: <laughs> but let's let let me put one more point here which is yeah if this as an example if you loved you know rock and roll and you had access to Elvis and you Knew about Elvis's mannerisms, and you know when he performed this song, he often did this thing. And you you attended lots of his performances. This is what I mean by starting to understand and putting yourself in a position to make a photograph of Elvis that was special. You love the genre. You know a lot about Elvis. You have been in the places that he performs. You know what he does at specific songs. This is what I mean about finding something that you love and taking a lot of pictures of that such that you can get a photograph that no one else in the world could get.
0: Brilliant. That's given me a lot to think about as well. And I hope it's helped other people as well to think that as well, because it's such a common thing about creativity. I can't think of ideas. How do I do it? There is a process there. And that's been really great. Thank you very, very much, Chase, for awesome. coming on and, and chatting with us and uh, throwing a very few other little bits in there. So
1: super happy to do it. Yeah. Very excited to, to be at the show. It's been a long time coming. I know we've had some reschedules and yeah. uh, it's, it's my honor to be at the main stage there and travel 10,000 miles to be with everyone. Uh, and these are some of the things we'll be talking about uh, getting even a little, a little more personal and, um, and I will be there for, you know, for, for two days, despite just, I'm not just the, just on the main stage. So uh, if you capture me walking down the hall please you know i'm happy to take a picture or say hi or or share a moment with you so i'm looking forward to meeting some new folks over there and thanks again for having me on the show and i'm looking forward to the to the uh in-person event
0: yeah no good stuff we're going to be there we will be there mark i'll be on the saturday we're going to be there on the monday tuesday our schedule changed with everything that was going on here so we'll try and catch up as well uh guys if any of you see us there um, come up to Mark and I. We've got some free beer mats that we're going to be giving away, some photography beer mats. So uh, um, so come and have a chat with us as well. And uh, yeah, if you see Chase, make sure you grab a picture with him. He said that he's happy to pose for you. Um, and um, Chase, we're going to put your links out onto the show's description and uh, uh, everything else that you do. So people, you can all, guys, you can catch up with, uh, with, with the links and see uh, the, the work that Chase uh, get, gets involved in. So, guys, as always, keep listening, keep subscribing, all the usual stuff, um, and uh, hopefully we'll see some of you at the show. And uh, if not, we'll see you at the next episode here. Great. Okay. Thanks for that, Chase. Of course. Of course.
1: Happy, happy to do it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I hope everything continues to go okay over there. I know it's an interesting time with a lot of changes that haven't you know haven't happened in 70 something years so um
0: yeah that's right yeah when do you when do you fly out when do you
1: i fly tomorrow and arrive friday morning and right. I speak saturday
0: right okay and then you're back you're just here for two days two or three days back, are you? back on sunday yeah yeah good all right well we'll try and catch up with you mark and i'll be around there at the show so as i said it's good. we weren't we weren't going to be there on a saturday but we are now with the schedules changing everything so uh great
1: yeah
0: so good stuff thanks well, so much do,
1: yeah and please do yeah. share the links with this when you uh when you post it and i will do uh, yeah with julia who i think uh yeah. managed our schedule for this today and she can help me get those out into the world
0: i would do yeah brilliant
1: thanks all again right. all right of Yeah. Course, ta- until the weekend ciao ciao
0: cheers and cheers bye-bye Bye. <laughs>